Welcome to the 701 Podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm going to be your host today. Today we have our first guest. His name is Vern. How you doing, Vern? I'm well, very well. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I just want to say, first of all, thank you for being our first host on this podcast. Uh, you're kind of like our guinea pig for the beginning here to try to see. They usually say the first one is the worst, so I appreciate you being the uh, honorary first guest for this. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. My pleasure. Anything from Verizon. Awesome. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is uh, I'm just going to ask you some questions. Uh, the, the, the primary focus of this podcast is to talk to people around the company, especially in this building, um, about Verizon and their journey with Verizon and where they want to go. So I'm going to ask you some questions, we'll have a conversation, and we'll kind of go from there. All right. So first question for you I had was, um, where were you born? I was born in Passaic, New Jersey. Okay, awesome. And um, did you go to high school in New Jersey also? No, I actually went to high school in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome, awesome. When you went out of high school, what was your first job out of high school? My first job out of high school, was my, my very first job, I was a uh, drive through operator at Taco Bell. <laughs> Hey, started from the bottom right here. There you go. There hey, you listen, go. I ain't no shame on that. I was I worked at McDonald's. I was a drive-through operator. At McDonald's. <laughs> we got we got something in common, right? Um, so when you got out of high school, um, and you know you started your first job at Taco Bell, what did you want to do with your life? Where were you going with it? Uh, to be quite honest, man, I, I, I wasn't quite sure. Um, you know, I was just I was just working. You know, what I'm saying I I didn't really know what my skill set was just yet. Uh, I was in a I was in a position. My mother had passed away when I was uh, when I was very young. I went to live with my my dad in uh, in Florida, and I was trying to figure it out, man. I was I was young young dude just trying to figure out figure out life, and uh, just started you know started started working uh, in, in in the job in in that field of work, and just kind of just buying my time trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So, what was like your first breakthrough job? My first breakthrough job, <clears throat> it's interesting you ask. So I um, I used to get my insurance from this uh, this lady named uh, Jave. I never I never forget her um, at this place called Trustway Insurance. I used to go, I used to come in and she always liked how I presented myself and she's like, Man, you know, you're I was I was really young. She's like, Man, you're a real professional or whatever, you should work here. I'm just like work here the insurance place I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm running the drive through at Taco Bell um, so you know working insurance was kind of like I thought it was just like above anything I could possibly like do. an adult job exactly so she was like nah man you know you, you need to you need to really apply and um, you can get in and you can you know you should you could be in sales so I was like you know what why not so I ended up uh, applying and you know I actually Ended up getting a job uh, at Trustway Insurance. That was my first major adult job. Um, had to get you know certification and do all that, and it, it was pretty cool. And before you knew it, <clears throat> I actually had um, I got such a good reputation that um, I was asked to become a supervisor hmm. um, at Trustway Insurance uh, in Largo, Florida. I actually opened up a branch there. I'm like 18, 19 <laughs> years old. You know what I'm saying? So, you got older people too, right? Yeah, man. It's um, it, it was amazing. So. That's, that kind of just opened my eyes to where I'm kind of like, wow, you know, I can actually, um, I can do anything I put my mind to. And that's when I kind of started to figure out that, you know, I was I was good at sales. 
You know, I, I've always had a gift of gab. Um, I've always been good uh, at conversing and holding conversations or what have you. And um, just kind of put everything together. I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this. So it just started to click. And that was my first major, as you would say, adult job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sidebar question. For that first interview, where did you get your clothes at? Great question. Um, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real with you, man. Um, I've always had a knack for fashion. Um, so, you know, I, I've always, I tried to have always dressed nice, even in high school and everything like that. But my first my first outfit, I have no idea, man. I want to say probably Macy's or something like that. To be and nothing wrong with that. They got great deals. <laughs> uh, not sponsored, by the way. Um, so you start working at the insurance company and you became a supervisor. Um, what happened with that job? What, like, what decided to change and why did you leave? Uh, they ended up getting bought out and, you know, it, everything kind of just changed or whatever. So I was just like, all right, time to find something different. And what ended up happening was, uh, you know, I had already been licensed in insurance. So I'm like, you know, I want to continue to do this. This is what I'm good at. So I actually applied for a company called Progressive, Progressive Insurance, in, uh, in Tampa, Florida. And, um, you know, that was like, that was, that was big time for me. Uh, when I went to Progressive, I actually became the number one salesperson in the nation. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was like, wow. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but at the same time, I couldn't believe it because I really believe, I really feel like. You know, you have to kind of own when you're good at something. You know what I'm saying? I try to tell people that, like, you know, if something's happening and, and you're doing everything you need to do to be good at something, um, as that unfolds, you don't need to be surprised. You need to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, Progressive was was amazing. Uh, hmm. Really kind of really kind of allowed me to, um, you know, be aware that, hey, you know, I am I am really, I deserve to be here. I'm really good at this, at sales. Um, that was my, that was my, before I worked at Verizon, obviously, yeah, that was my, the, that was my bread and butter. Is, um, I, I'm completely ignorant to this, is insurance a cutthroat business when it comes to selling and dealing with the whole business aspect of it? Absolutely, absolutely, very cutthroat because uh, just similar to, to what we do here, uh, there's a lot of competition, you yeah. know. You don't want progressive. There's Geico. There's Allstate. There's State Farm. There's a lot of different avenues that you can actually go to. Um, so, with that being said, you know you have to present the product and obviously present the product and all the benefits that come along with the product and really try to um, convince someone to 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 buy um, the product from you. And it's difficult because you know insurance is 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 not tangible yeah. <laughs> you know you what i'm saying so and you don't really hear a lot of people talking about man i got this great insurance policy you know it's it's just no one talks about that if anything they talk about how cheap it is right mm-hmm. so for you to try to sell something to someone that they generally don't for the most part don't have don't see a real value in um it's difficult and it, it forces you to be creative and forces you to focus on um it forces you to focus on delivering the benefits of, of, of the product. And I think that's really helped me um, tenfold here at Verizon because now I'm selling a product that people use all the time every single day. Oh, yeah, they brag about it. Exactly. Yeah. Versus with insurance, it's like, pff, 
you know, whatever. No one really cares about it. You when, when you started with insurance, did you feel like there was a transition period for, like, how cutthroat and how tough it is to make a break of you got to sell to eat? Um, that's a good question. I, I, I never really... I never really looked at it like that. I kind of just looked at it from a standpoint of my belief in myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, my confidence. You know, I don't really, I mean, any business, I feel like almost any business is cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be competition. There's always going to be options for the customer. So I never really looked at it like, oh, okay, you know, this is cutthroat. Everyone's trying to sell the same thing. No. Um, I just went into it like, you know, hey, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I, I believe I'm pretty good at, Positioning, I think I'm pretty good at um, convincing people to my point of view. So I'm just going to do that to the best of my ability and just kind of see where it takes me. And it took me pretty far. Okay. Um, what stopped you? Like, what, what made you leave Progressive at that point? Well, I mean, I was actually, um, <clears throat> I was living in Tampa, Florida. Uh, city life, man. It was, uh, <laughs> it took a toll on me. Um, to be honest with you, I was in really, really poor health. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't where I, I needed to be mentally, and uh, my health started to, to deteriorate. Um, I actually had a uh, actually I don't really talk about this much, but I had a I had a mild stroke out there. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I never I was, knew that. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. So I decided, you know, I just decided I needed to change, mm. and <clears throat> it's interesting. I actually had a friend out here. He was like, "Man, come come to Greenville." Like Greenville, what the, where's that? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I was like, he's like, man, come to Greenville, and I, I looked online some jobs or whatever, and I'm just like, you know what, I'm gonna apply to. At the time, I mean, I don't know if it's still around, but a company called Insurance. I applied. I didn't even have the job. I had an interview. I'm like, you know what, I'm going. I just you just moved up. there without having a job. No job at all. I just moved. Pack my stuff. Once again, I'm confident, right? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get the job. Why wouldn't I get the job? I have, you know, I've, I have all this success at Progressive, which is pretty much the same the same job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm going. I'm moving. Um, and I feel like it was the best thing to do for not only for me, well, not for me financially, because I was doing very well financially at Progressive, but um, physically and mentally, I needed to change, man. Spiritually, I needed to change. So I decided to make that move. I stepped out on faith. Um Drove here, got my, uh, piled everything I had in my car, and drove to Greenville. Um, I stayed in, I forget the name of the hotel, but it's the, the, uh, the what's it called? The Mama's Kitchen. Mama's <laughs> Kitchen. Some, I think it's called Mama's Kitchen. It's actually um, it's in the hotel. It's like a restaurant in the hotel that I stayed at. Mm. I stayed there for about a month. Well, wow. well, I got everything situated. Or I might be exaggerating. Maybe maybe three weeks or so. But it was around Christmas time. And uh, that was it, man. I was like, yeah, I need to change. When was the moment when you started with Verizon that you realized there was a call center in Tampa the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. I um, I was so I was so big in the insurance. And once again, insurance is all I knew. Yeah. Uh, financial. So I didn't even... I would have never thought to work at Verizon ever. You know what I'm saying? Cause Isn't it crazy, though, to think that, like, if you didn't have that stroke and you didn't just move to Greenville with that reluctance or that craziness, you could have a completely different life right now. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, um, who knows? You may still be selling insurance somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
things are things just kind of happen, man. I, I've learned to kind of trust the universe a little bit and kind of just trust the ebbs and flows of everything. Um, I've been forced to step outside of my comfort zone a lot with different things, and coming to Verizon was definitely um, me stepping out of my comfort zone. Like I, like I said, I I work on the the financial aspect of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm doing insurance and stuff like that forever. So to come to a you know <laughs> a telecommunications company. Um, I would have never thought that I would be in this position whatsoever. So it's yeah. interesting. So you start with Verizon. Uh, do you know who interviewed you at the time? Chris Dillinger interviewed me. Chris Dillinger, huh? Yeah, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Yeah, he interviewed me, man. Did they bring you up to the uh, second floor to talk to him? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, man. So, yeah, me and Chris, we had just good energy. Um, he's he's a great sales guy. We were just talking sales. And um, then he... Uh, he took me to Jero, mm. and I met Jero for the first time. That was interesting, and um, I felt good about the interview. You know, I I, I presented myself. I'm a, I'm a big believer in you know if you can't sell yourself, you know you're not going to sell, sell anything. So, you know, I, I I sold myself to a high degree in my humble opinion, and um, yeah, it worked out. I remember when I got sent up to the second floor, I had Rav. And I walk up to Rob, and he looks at my resume, and he says, are you going to work overtime? And I said, yeah, I, I can work overtime. He goes, okay, cool. I'll talk to you later. That was it? I was like, I didn't get the job. I was like, I guess I, I, get in de- I didn't get it. I mean, that's like, it was something, Rob, I something on my Rob shirt. too cool, man. <laughs> um, so you start with Verizon. You go through the whole training process. Um, and when you got out of training, did you feel like you were fully equipped to do the job? Like, did you feel like you, you were going to nail it out of the park at the beginning? You know, it's interesting, man. Um, so coming in, first of all, we had, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because it's, you know, obviously they're going to hear it, but we had excellent training. I agree with that. I mean, we really did. Um, you know, I had I had Forrest. I had Lee. Um, Lee is phenomenal. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, he really is. And um, I had excellent coaches. I had Kevin. Kevin's phenomenal coach. I had Anthony Moboko as my coach. I had the same exact yeah. coaches. Yeah. Um, Bruce Adad. Um, you know, so I, I had some. I had some really, some really, some really good uh, coaches, man. And but to be honest, I I wasn't that good. You know, I really it it was hard for me to kind of grasp things. You know, uh, I would I would I would be the guy that would ask like a bunch of questions and it, it was crazy because our our training class was like super competitive you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying we had a lot of a lot of great people in my training class that really um that really caught on to everything really quick we had some people that actually came from care so they already kind of knew everything yeah so it, it was um the challenge is a yeah yeah it was definitely a challenge and it was definitely i mean i i can honestly say i was i was very intimidated man and I would just, I'd, I'd be the person that would always have to, like, ask the extra question. And um, I, I, I even would stay. Uh, Anthony Moboko stayed with me um, a couple of nights and just went over things. Uh, you know, we would drill, he would drill me with different sales scenarios and, um, you know, stuff like that. And um, I was just like, man, I, I, I want to get it, but I'd be lying to you. If I said I didn't think about quitting at first, man, because I, I I'm I'm just so used to being good at, at things, and I didn't grasp it as quickly um, as I would have liked to. Yeah, like everything else that you naturally got to when it comes to 
insurance. And yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the reason why I brought this subject up is not to throw our training under the bus because I, I think it's the best training I ever had when it comes to a job. Mm. I think my point is I, I've talked to a lot of new reps and when they first get on the floor, they're completely just overwhelmed. And, and I think that's by design. I think there's a certain part of this job that you have to be, you have to connect to, you have to learn it yourself. It's not something that can be taught. And, um, you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, when you go through that training process, I, I had the same exact issue. I was like, I'm, I've done this my whole life and I still don't feel like I'm completely comfortable with it. And I'm thinking the people in my training class probably are more advanced than I am. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. freaked out. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I might get fired, but it's amazing. It's amazing the training we had, and it's amazing the way we learned and how the job taught us on that. And that's why I brought it up. It, it, I think it's a really good aspect to know that for people who are just starting. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a tough beginning because they want you to find your own way through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick, I want to just mention – Santiago was also my coach. Uh, he was phenomenal. You have to put that in there. Yeah, if not, gotta, you're gonna get. Yeah, <laughs> I could already see people uh, surging for me. Also, um, Deidre was phenomenal as well. She, oh, amazing! Yeah, She's yeah. the best trainer I've ever had. Yeah, in my she kind of she kind of kept everything fun and engaged. So absolutely, um, they 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 all do a fantastic job. So at the beginning of the job, you said you were starting to struggle. Um, was there a breaking point where you felt like you were going to quit? Like, did you feel like it just wasn't going to work out, or do you feel like you were going to get fired? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I I forgive it. I don't know if it was like the third day or the third week because it was such a blur. But I I definitely I, I called one of my um one of my friends and I was just like Man, I I don't really know if this is for me. Um, I'm not getting it. I'm not grasping it. Um, I just don't know. I don't I don't know if it's for me or not. And you know it's it. I was just intimidated. But fortunately for me, like I said. My training class, we were we were very tight knit. Um, so I worked with a couple guys that just wouldn't let me quit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, we just kind of kept each other on each other's you know toes and everything like that. So, but yeah, to answer your question, definitely felt overwhelmed. Uh, there's a lot of information that you're that that you're forced to to kind of learn and to digest, and you don't really feel like you have a lot of time. You know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I definitely felt defeated at different points in time, but I just, I just stayed the course, and um, ultimately, you know, things got better. So I remember sitting next to your team because you were on Carlos's team, and I was on Janae's team at the time, and it seemed like that team was really close for you guys. It seemed like y'all guys all got along. You guys always worked overtime, I noticed, and. There was a point during that time where you figured something out when it came to accessories and learning that and crafting your mastery at that particular aspect of the job. What clicked? What was the thing? Like, what how, did you develop your own thing, or was it something that Carlos helped you with? What 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 clicked in that process for you to just take off like that? Yeah, so a um, lot of lot of credit due to Carlos. Um, so what was happening was basically. I had gotten pretty good at selling the eighty nine ninety nine bundle. You don't time. say. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotten pretty good at selling that, and um, you know, I, I to be to be real, I got real good at selling it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I was doing I was doing exceptionally well uh, with that bundle. And um, Carlos, we had a coaching one day, and you know, I'm expecting the coaching to be just pretty much full of praise. Hey man, you're doing great. Yeah yeah yeah. 
but it it really wasn't that. You know, he sat down. He was just like, man, you know, you could you could do more. Like, why are you why are you limiting yourself? And at the time, I was just like, man, you know what what the hell? you know I'm like yeah. what like come on, man, I'm selling more Arab than you know everyone on the team. Like, you know, what do you mean? I need to do more. Um, I didn't really get the message at the time, but he was like, man, you know, you could, instead of trying to sell just selling for. The $89 bundle, why don't you just try to increase it, you know, sell, you know, add something to that bundle and you could probably sell more. So I took the feedback and to be honest, I wasn't happy about it. Um, yeah, because you're like overperforming and he's still Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of irritated me. You know why he did time. that though, right? It's because he came from a store. Yeah. He's yeah, a shark. Yeah. So That's the development of a shark in the store. I'll be real. I didn't really get it at the time. I didn't really like it. It's like, man, this guy wants me to do more. So... I'm like whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'll try different I'll try something on. So at the time we had, you know, we had a um there was a Bluetooth speaker, I forget which kind of I think it was like a flip or something like that. It was like seventy dollars. So when I added the two together it'd be like one forty nine. Um so I started pitching that. And I started connecting um at a very high rate, just like I was with the eighty nine dollar bundles. I'm like, man, you know, my numbers skyrocketed. And then from there you know, I started getting to like, you know what? Why, why don't why not even try even more? You know, so that's when I started pitching like the three hundred dollar bundle, and it was connecting. And before you know it, um, you know, I I I had gotten to the point where it was like, man, you know, you're doing better than everyone, you know, in in this particular metric, and. Um, I just took a lot of pride into it. I think with accessories, the thing I really liked about it is that everyone always kind of spoke about it like it was like the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, someone's calling in, they're calling, they're, they're going to get the phone, um, you know, but what are you going to get with the phone? And people would just kind of look over that. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, this, is where, this is where I'm going to make my money at. And I started really honing my craft. You were putting some... Big months up there. Yeah, yeah. I started really honing my craft, and um, you're collecting them checks. <laughs> absolutely, man. And the thing about it is, if people don't realize, or I, don't, I can't say they don't realize, but what I think people fail to realize sometimes is that anything that you do consistently, you will get better at. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I just I, I started pitching the the, the three the three hundred dollar bundle, and I just had a lot of success. And uh, before you knew it, it was just like. Like wildfire, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, the reason why I bring this up is because now, with accessories off the scorecard, it seems like less people are focusing on it on on around the floor. And the craziest thing that blew my mind is that when you were doing it, you were almost hitting your commission checks straight off accessories. Absolutely, absolutely. So nothing's changed since that time. It's just not on the scorecard. Correct. And I think um, for a lot of people, that's a way you can find success because it seems like um, bucket is the main thing to make, get paid in this job now. You oh, know, yeah. hitting the oh, yeah. hitting that bucket. It's it always been that way. I mean, your bucket is your first multiplier. Absolutely. You know, and uh, people just are so focused on, hey, I want to get twenty boxes. Don't get me wrong, that's great. You know, but if you put up twenty boxes, you have no tablets, no A rev. <laughs> I mean. I'm sorry to say, but that's just not really that impressive to me. You know, um, the customers are going to get the accessories from somewhere. Yeah. You know, so what's in all actuality what's happening is that 
the customer is selling you because there's always a sale no matter what, right? Absolutely. So the customer is basically selling you that they're not going to get them from you. Um, I just was at a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to have that. Everybody, every time I look around, everyone has cell phones and they all have cases. They all have screen protectors. Everybody has AirPods or something like that. Like, why are they not going to get that from me? It just seemed, it, it seems simple. And when you think something is simple, it becomes simple, right? Mm-hmm. So it just made sense. Like, um, all my customers were going to get something, you know? So Let me ask this funny sidebar question. You started making more money at the job and, you know, with any human, when you make more money, you know, you like to dab a little. What's the dumbest thing you spent your commission check on? <laughs> like, what's the dumbest item you bought after oh, getting the check? Oh, man. The dumbest thing that I bought. Um, I was, I, I, well, see, I, I would say clothes, but I don't feel like clothes are dumb. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean... You know, you. Or something that you bought that like you immediately right? Like, why did I get this? I think I probably took a couple of trips to the casino that I, that I regret oh, to be no. honest. <laughs> the house always wins, right? <laughs> you know, to be real with you, but um, something that I bought. I don't know, man. I'm you know, believe it or not, man. I'm I'm, I'm kind of frugal, you know. Um, I, 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 I spend money on clothes, um, but outside of that, man. I totally believe that. You want to know why? Because I remember reading an article that said that the best salespeople are the most frugal people. Because okay. <laughs> they know how to get sold to, so they don't buy anything from anybody. <laughs> don't buy anything, it's, pretty, right. it's pretty smart, right? I, I'm, one, of the, one of the things I'm most proud of that I started doing with my money was um, just my diet, man. A lot of times when people talk about... You know, eating healthy or what have you, they always bring up how how much it cost. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So with these commission checks, I was able to go to the fresh market or whoever, buy, you know, a four pound salmon, you know, that might cost fifty dollars, you know. And But you're investing in your body. Though. I'm investing in myself. So yeah, so I mean, but that's something that I probably wouldn't have done without making that kind of money. You that's know true. What I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's something that I'm most proud of. But nah, nothing that I really bought that was like, oh my god, what the heck is this? Nah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got. Uh, so I have two dogs at home, and uh, I got two cats. Yeah, yeah you told me because yeah. you got. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, got two dogs, and my wife. I came home one day after the commission check came in, and she said, "Honey, honey, you know, our dogs need somewhere to sleep." And I said, "They got somewhere to sleep. The couch." And she's like, well, you know, I'm going to, I want to get these dog beds. Dog beds. Dog beds aren't cheap, bro. <laughs> dog beds aren't cheap, especially the big ones. They're like 250 bucks. Oh, man. For two, for two of them. That ain't too bad. Bought them. I mean, I know, that's crazy. But when you get, it's like kids, so you got to invest in them. Yeah, yeah. Bought them. The first day, we go to work. Next day, they're done. Completely destroyed. Really? Oh man! <laughs> Hence why I didn't buy anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just I mean, it, we all buy dumb things. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is that this job you can make your budget for what yeah. you want to do. You can yeah. you can do whatever you want with however much money you make. I here. really like I really love that about this uh, this job. Especially when I was a rep, I'm like, man, you know, I can make any amount of money I want to make. I control your destiny. You know what I'm saying my yeah. destiny. You know what I'm saying it's not like you're going to like a dead end job to where you know you make ten bucks an hour. 
you're not gonna get no more than 40 hours a week so you mm-hmm. already know your check's gonna be probably like six something it's like you know you can't really move how you want to move with that but here it's like pff, overtime opportunities commission you know what i'm saying then benefits yeah benefits phenomenal then on top of that you know if you really um hone your skill set i mean you can make a lot of money you know Definitely. what i'm saying so yeah i, I, I love it here because of that so you figured out the accessories you started you know shooting up the charts um when you became one of the top guys in in, in the department, uh, did you notice that the environment changed for you when you came to work every day? Yeah, I did actually. Um, there was definitely a target on me, um, but you know I enjoy stuff like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, that that kind of makes you. I mean, man, if, if you're not if you're not thriving, you don't you need to thrive sometimes to know that you're alive. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So um, I I kind of I kind of took it. I took it for what it was. I mean, I, I'd come into work, uh, I'd be doing my thing, and the jabbers would start coming. Hey, how much you got? Oh, I see you. You got this. People were watching my sales. I remember seeing I used to sit behind yeah, you. People watching, people watching my sales. and People would oh, walk you doing, up to you. Yeah. Hey, Vern, I'm beating you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it can get annoying sometimes, but it just made me realize, yeah, you know what? I'm him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, this is this is what it is. Um. And you know, one person I, I find that handles it really well. I don't know him personally. I don't really talk to him that much. Ahmad, because Ahmad's been there for a while. He's been yeah. right at the top. Yeah. And no matter what, people are always aiming for that guy or Chris Orlowski. Yeah. yeah. You know those top guys up yeah. there. Uh, um, they're phenomenal. I yeah. mean, what to have the ability to come into this job, and it, it's interesting if you listen to like Ahmad's calls or Chris O's calls, like their calls, like Ahmad, all of Ahmad's calls sound the same all of chris o's calls sound the same it's like for you to come in and just be that consistent and that's what it took you know what i'm saying and that's the same thing with the accessories you know um i was i mean it's, it gets to the point where are you good or are you just consistent well you're both and then is what what, what happens that's kind of cool is that you know when you're consistent at something you get the ability to become lucky you know what I'm saying? Because there Absolutely. were some there were some sales that I got that I was like, how the heck did I just sell this lady seven hundred dollars of accessories on this phone call? Yeah, you know. But takes once luck. again, it takes some luck. But what is luck? Luck is you have to put yourself in position to be lucky. lucky. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So had I not positioned except it to her, we, except for when you go to the casino, <laughs> that's when you don't get lucky. That's when it doesn't work, right? But nonetheless, I mean, I put myself in position to be lucky sometimes, and um. You know, it, it just really, it kind of motivated me. I'd, I'd come in and supervisors would be like, oh, so what you going to do? You, you going to just put up more error than my team today? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm good enough to do so. This, so this leads into it. my next question for you because I sat behind you for six months or five months. Um, every day you'd come in and it looked like you just woke up five minutes ago and <laughs> somehow you'd sit down and just start selling and every day you, you were super consistent like what's what kept you motivated every day like it seemed like you never took a day off it put it, it pushed me to go further and like I, but i couldn't like i i feel like on a given day if i challenged you to like an ar we went at our ard i can match you but i couldn't do it sustainably for 30 days <laughs> it drove me crazy, and I wanted—I always wanted to know what drives you to be at that that level because you have to be at a certain level of detail, attention, um, 
and just being able to go in on it and just being like, I'm going to do this today every day. Like what, what, what sustains that, that, that premise? Cause that's the same thing that Chris has cause we're recording this podcast and Chris is still here probably do, make, taking phone calls, which is amazing. Guy is a, is a machine. What motivates you to be that, um, that motivated every day, every hour, every call? It's a great question, man. First things first, I want to say thank you for your kind words, man. I mean, it's humbling to know that I motivated somebody, so I appreciate that. But um, to be honest with you, what motivated me was success. Success motivates you, you know. Um, if you if you're doing something and you start becoming successful at it, that becomes addictive, you know. You want to. So if I sold $1,000 of AREV yesterday, I want that same feeling today. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it tomorrow as well. And it got to the point where, you know, if I sold six or $700 of AREV, people would come up to me and say, hey, you not really had a, didn't really have a good day today, did you? And it's like, wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, exactly. So crazy. it's just like, man, you know, I want to be better than my, than my yesterday. You know what I'm saying? My tomorrow, I want it to be better than my yesterday, so um, I just I just I just stuck with. It. I kept running and just stayed consistent, and um, you know it's kind of like people kind of put you on a on a level to where you know you don't want to let them down. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Definitely. You know, it's like people, hey man, you know you you helped me, motivated me to do this, that, and the third. It's like man, you know that's big because I, I look at stuff like that on a, on a deeper level. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, it's bigger than just Verizon or the job. You know what I'm saying? So people look at you like that. It's like man, you know I I need to. I have to perform because if I don't, perhaps that'll be someone else's excuse to not perform as well. You know Absolutely, what I'm yeah. So that's kind of how I looked at it. So you know, when we were on the team together, there was, you got promoted. And before we get into that conversation, because I have a couple other questions before we finish up, um, you know, throughout your career, obviously you've had some amazing leaders. Is there a particular leader that uh, made the biggest impact on your career when it came to? the way you sold or the way you looked at output of Verizon and what did you want to do to build your career? Is there that one guy or that one supervisor that really helped you to kind of drive to, to you know, get promoted and start a career with us? Man, <laughs> there's so many people. Um, I'd be here all day naming the people that have had an impact on me, supervisors, even reps, you yeah. know. But people that stand out to me, um, Carlos obviously being my first supervisor, mm-hmm. um, Lee, Lee Sperber is phenomenal. Uh, I think Lee is our best coach, to be honest with you. Um, I took I take a lot from him and how he his approach to how he coaches. Um, when I was a coach, uh, I remember him and I would coach people together, and I got a lot out of that. Um, JB obviously, JB, JB might be the most pivotal because J, JB was able to kind of steer me into different directions like okay this is what you want to be this is how we get there Jarrell was phenomenal as well um in that regard Anthony Maboko um, helped me a lot Kevin helped me a lot um the list just goes on and on and then not for nothing man but we have a phenomenal leader as well and Frank um it's interesting so in my previous jobs progressive or what have you I didn't really know. We didn't know who our director was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is. You don't know. I didn't, I didn't know who my director was. So Frank is just 
very like he, he has a presence on the floor and that's rare for someone at that level. So it throws me off a little bit. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, in a I, good way. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, it's like it, it's just I've never seen anything like it. It's yeah, like, it's like it's like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like it, like you see him, you're like, and he's like, hey, Brandon, and you're like, hey, hey, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I just like sometimes I just like I'm not even. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. It's crazy, me. man. Yeah, it's scary, he man. knows every person's name in the building yeah. on our floor. It's yeah. just crazy to me. It's, it's, it's very odd. So having that kind of leadership and. Um, I mean, there, there's so many people. I mean, Melissa Londano believed in me very, very early. She gave me opportunities. Chris Dellinger um, gave me opportunities. They would all let me come and speak at, the, at their um, to their teams. Ranzino uh, let me speak um, at his teams. I, I'll be. I know I'm forgetting people, <laughs> but you're gonna get approached. <laughs> I'm definitely. Gonna they were like, <laughs> I listened to that podcast, and at 37 minutes, you didn't mention my name. There, there's so many people, man, that had a. Um, that's a good thing, though. That had an input. That man. means. That means. I mean, for me, that's like one of the biggest things about Verizon is the culture of everyone, the leadership. There's so many people. Like just your one story, and I'm gonna talk to other people, but in your your one story, you named almost every supervisor. Yeah. That impacted you, which is amazing, you know. And there's many that I'm that I'm uh, there's many that I'm forgetting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, many that I'm that I know I'm forgetting. Uh, but, but but that's the thing though is that that's such a that shows such a standard to our job and where we work at and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so you got promoted and I remember when you were going through the process of you know going for the job. It was a temp job for December last December, and I remember you just grilling people about what do they want in a supervisor. <laughs> You know, the interview, and you're like, I don't know what it's going to take. Like, do people want this person? Do you want that person? And, and my question is, you've been in the job. You, got, you actually got the job because you, you killed it in that December. And then um, you became a supervisor, and you've been a supervisor for almost four months now. Um, is there something that you would have told yourself back at that day when you were looking at getting the job? Like, if you can go back to the past, let's say in December, and tell yourself something about this job, what would it be? <laughs> um, I, I probably would tell myself not to stress out as much. Um, I would probably tell myself that, hey, man, you're enough. You got this. Just be yourself. I was so... I had so much vested with Verizon that I wanted I wanted everything to be perfect, right? That's why I was doing it. I was going around asking... Uh, people, hey, you know, what, what, do you, what kind of supervisor would you like to have? Um, then I'm thinking about what kind of super would I, what I want uh, to be to myself. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just different, different dynamics, man. But, but to answer your question, I would probably just tell myself to relax because um, I was stressed out around that point. Oh, I know? remember. <laughs> I remember us sitting after work and talking for two hours about how it, it you know. It's not. There's no blueprint to it. Every yeah. person's different. Every person has a different way they want to be talked to and managed. Yeah, and yeah. It's a it's a people's job. It's and 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 that's you know you, you hit it right. You hit the nail right on the head, man. I would probably tell myself that, you know, the connection with people is the most vital thing. Um, you know, I don't know everything. There are people. There are people in this company that know way more than me. Um, there are people who can sell better than me. Um, you know, that's that's going to always be like that. <clears throat> but um, you know, the connection with people has really made the the um, the best the, the biggest difference overall. Um, there's a rep that um, 
when I took that job, <clears throat> there's a rep that comes to my mind, Rashad Wharton. Um, you know, he was, you know, he was kind of at the bottom of the scorecard or whatever. Me and him had just a, a heart-to-heart conversation. Um, and from that conversation, I mean, I gave him a, a couple tips, but nothing nothing crazy. And he ended up being number one. I that remember that. Moment. That was the most amazing thing ever. It's the best um, feeling in the world, right? Best feeling, best feeling in the world. Not, not you know, j- j- happy for him. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. Because it's like wow, and it's funny because, like I said, I mean, you know, I don't, I didn't really coach him a lot. Mm-hmm. I just had a connection with him, and that connection that we had, he wanted to work hard for me, and he busted his butt, and he ends up going from like number 177 or so on the scorecard to being number one it's like wow and that made me really look at the job a little different like man you know it's not so much about the coaching and you positioning people to sell this way or that way it's about the connection and the impact you have on somebody's life just by making a connection with them you know what i'm saying it's very genuine so um that's when i fell in love with the job to be honest uh so yeah, I have to say that you you really struck a chord there. For me, when I worked in my older job, I was a sales supervisor for Best Buy in the mobile division, and that was my favorite part of the job was the people motivating people to do better and get them to make more money, to live a happier life. And you see the progression of these people, you know. And there's not there's no better feeling than like that story right there, right? Like he. Is, I mean, that could have changed his life. Like, we talked about breaking points earlier with you moving from Tampa to South Carolina. Like, if you don't talk to him or you don't, you know, if something happens that that situation is different, we don't know how that situation ends up. Or we don't know how his, how his, how his life changes there. And he could, you know, one day he could be somewhere high in the company. Very all because so. of that one conversation that you guys had. Very much. And, Very you know, much. for me, I know for me personally, like, I was super burnt out when I was at Best Buy because some you know things you deal with and the stress of it. And I wanted to come here, but lately I've been itching for that feeling again to like coach people and see the progression. Cause that's like the best part of the job. Because like for you, I mean, you were making stupid checks. Now I mean, you took a pay decrease to do this. Yeah. Because yeah. you wanted to build your career and you wanted to motivate people, and it's like the best part of the job. It's motivating people, seeing how their lives progress. Being a part of people's lives. I mean, you're it's almost, you're almost like an extended family member being a supervisor. <laughs> absolutely, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're, we're almost wrapping up here. Um, my next question is, in the next 10 years, where do you see yourself at Verizon? Um, you know, I haven't really uh, I haven't really sat down and thought about that. And, as, and it's funny you ask that because usually that's something that I do. You know what I'm saying? I try to have a very good graph of where I want to go but you know right now I'm where I'm at I'm happy where I'm at mm-hmm. um, and I haven't even I mean being a suit you know like a new suit I haven't even had time to kind of think about that kind of stuff yeah. there's a lot of things that I have to learn and it's like things just happen so fast you know so I haven't really had a lot of time to sit back and think you know 10 years from now where do I want to be with the company I haven't I just truthfully haven't done that uh, that's because I'm, I'm living in the moment right now. You know, there's so much that I have to do here and now, and there's people that rely on me, you know what I'm saying, in the here yeah. and now. So it would kind of almost be kind of selfish for me to be thinking about 10 years from now when, you know, I, my job is to secure the day, you know, take it day by day, step by step. Um, when I first started here, 
if you would have told me I would have been a supervisor in what, a year and a half, you know, if you would have asked me, well, what do you see yourself in a year? I don't know. <laughs> you know, so. I would challenge you to think about it more, though. It's not a selfish thought. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. What is your dream car? My dream car? Oof. <laughs> Man. Um, my dream My dream car. I'd probably say some kind of Bentley or something like that. You know, a Bentley? Yeah, hey, why not? You want to know what my supervisor told me? Like my manager, like one of the biggest people that impacted me in my career. He says, he asked me what I want to do with my career in 10 years. And I said, I don't know. I'm not even thinking about that. And he goes, what kind of dream car do you want? And I told him, I was like, I want a Tesla Model S. And he says, isn't it funny that you could tell me what your dream car is that you want in 10 years, but you can't tell me what career you want in 10 years? Wow. That's a good spin. Pretty good, right? <laughs> that's pretty good, <laughs> That's right? a word to do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it, it's amazing what this company has to offer. I'm, I'm starting to learn that myself. But um, I, I really hope that this podcast, for some people you know, listening to it, it's an enjoyable experience. Maybe you have an approach of her and you're a new employee, and now you know a little bit more about them to strike a conversation uh, if, or if you need help with something. Um, do you have anything for me at all? Oh, man, I... Thank you for having me on, you know. Uh, I think it's just kind of cool to be able to, you know, we can have a conversation and that conversation can then open up to um, you getting other people in here. And, yeah, um, I know. appreciate you being the first one. Oh, sure, man. You know, I, I was nervous you weren't going to do it. I was like, man, you know, I want someone that's had recent success and talk about the journey because someone might be going through the same thing, you know. Oh, I appreciate it. And, um, I appreciate it. And one thing I will say. Um, to anyone out there who is listening that uh, wants to wants to move up or they you know have aspirations to, to move up within the company, this is a fantastic place to be. Uh, it mm-hmm. really is. I mean, we have great leadership. Um, we don't necessarily look at tenure as the only thing. Like which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been with the company for not even two years now, and I'm a supervisor. So you come in, uh, you know, you, you're going to put in some work. You know, you got to put in some work, get your name out there, and, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. So, yeah. Cool. Well, um, if this podcast, you know, goes on to another episode, my next episode is going to be with somebody. He's going to be he's an assistant store manager at a local retail store. And the conversation that I'm going to have with him is about what it's like to work at a store and also what their limitations are compared to our limitations. Oh, that's great, man. It's going to be a that's great conversation. Great. So, what I mean, <laughs> if you have questions for me or somebody on the podcast, if you have questions about what, like, you know, questions about the store, obviously something respectful, but questions about why does a store do something like this or certain aspects, feel free to email me because I could bring them up in the next podcast about that so we, we have understanding. Um, when we had people come in from higher up in the company a couple weeks ago, that was the number one thing I said about Verizon. I said the number one thing we need to fix in our company, throughout the company, is stop blurring the lines and defining the lines of responsibility between all of our channels. I like it. And that's something that, hopefully with this podcast I do, I want to bring like other people in from different departments in the future. You know, hopefully get you know, Frank on a podcast. Oh, man. That'd okay. be a great podcast. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Brooklyn. Yeah, I got to get people on there. But, hey, I just want to say thank you again, Vern, for coming on the podcast. Um, and I appreciate you, again, you know, for all your help with it and taking your time out of your day to do this. Oh, man, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, man. It really means a lot. So I really appreciate it. And I think this is a phenomenal idea. And I hope this really goes far.
All right. I appreciate it. No doubt. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to the 701, and uh, have a great rest of your night. Bye.